Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we're studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 11. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles this evening to 2 Chronicles, chapter 11. That's 2 Chronicles, chapter 11. And give me an amen once you are there. And so, Father, we are grateful to you, our God and our King. There is no other God but you. You are the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, the maker of heaven and earth. And Lord, you created us, Lord, that we might serve you, that we might worship you, that we might do thy will, for you are worthy of our worship and of our obedience. But Lord, oh, in this world, Lord, with these bodies of ours, it's things get fuzzy sometimes, we get tired and The Spirit's willing, but the flesh is so weak. We just pray that tonight you would strengthen us by your Spirit. Speak to us, Lord, the things that you would like to speak into all of our hearts tonight, Lord. Remove any pride, any arrogance, any hardness of heart that we might receive your word humbly tonight. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. All right, so Second Chronicles chapter 11, as you know, Rehoboam, the son of King Solomon, is the new king of Israel. The kingdom, though, is now split for the first time. The kingdom is split into two kingdoms because of the sins of King Solomon, his father, and of the people of Israel who Solomon, because of the many wives that he had, which the Lord forbid that, and he did his own thing, they, as the Lord predicted, would turn his heart away from God. And so he wasn't loyal to the Lord in his latter days. And thus, he began to worship pagan idols, and he led the nation down that same road. So the Lord is has, has split the kingdom in two. Ten of the twelve tribes, ten, the, the northern tribes, have 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 left the kingdom, and they're starting their own kingdom uh, up north. And so, the only two kingdoms that are remaining under Rehoboam in the south are uh, the tribe of Judah and uh, Benjamin. And so, uh, we know that uh, King Rehoboam is not going to fare any better than his father Solomon. He um, you know, went to the elders for counsel as to how to deal with the people. And the people were complaining that, you know, the yoke of your father was hard on us, you know, high taxes, high service, whatever it was. And, and so he asked the elders and the elders told him, you know, treat the people kindly and they'll serve you forever. So you serve them, you speak good words to them and they'll serve you and be loyal to you. And so, you know, the story, rather than listen, listening to the counsel of the, the elders, he went to the young men that were around his company that he grew up with, and they said, forget that, make their yoke twice as heavy and, you know, just tax them even more. And so he listened to his young friends rather than the elders, and so uh, the, the, the ten tribes just 
rebelled at that moment, and, and they said, what share have we in David, meaning the house of David, the lineage of David? And mind you, the chronicler, is, is his job is to magnify the lineage of David because that's where Jesus Christ our Lord will come from, the lineage of David. But, but here they say, what share have we with David? Uh, we have no inheritance in the son of Jesse, which is David's father. Every man to your tents, they cried out, O Israel. Now, now see to your own house, they said to King Rehoboam. You know, you take care of your own house, we're gone. And so they, the northern kingdoms now, or the northern tribes, which is now represents the kingdom of Israel, uh, they set uh, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, as king over them. And then King Rehoboam sent his tax collector up there, you know, I don't know, to test things out, I guess, with an IRS agent. But he sends Hadaram up there, and so they stone him with many stones, and he's and he dies. And then King Rehoboam got on his horse, and he fleed back to Jerusalem with haste and... Uh, all of Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day, the writer says, to the day that this was written. And that's where we're at. In verse 1 of 11, it says, Now when Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled from the house of Judah and Benjamin 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against Israel that he might restore the kingdom of Rehoboam, to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all Israel in Judah and Benjamin, saying, Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up or fight against your brethren. Let every man return to his house, for this thing is from me. Therefore, they obeyed the words of the Lord and turned back from attacking uh, Jeroboam. And so here we see that obviously Rehoboam, with the with the ten tribes splitting and and his tax man being killed, he is wanting to fight. He wants to go to war. So in order to unite the kingdom before it's completely gone, and here the Lord intervenes by a man of God, telling them. Don't do it. Though he got 180,000 of the finest soldiers to go with him that he had, the Lord said, don't do it. This is of me. And that's a very powerful statement from the Lord that, you know, the division that he saw, the loss of his kingdom, this is of me, the Lord is saying. This division, this split, uh, the separation, and it speaks to my heart concerning the reality that not all division is bad. Not all division is bad. God will often separate or divide people in order to accomplish his will. Think about that. Think about that. Not all division is bad. Not all separation is bad. In fact, when we come to the Lord, there is an immediate call of separation, the command to separate from the world that we have always known, right? Come out of the world and now into the kingdom of the of his light. And so 
separation and division is part of the Christian experience, right? We, we, we separate from our old lives, the lives of sin, the lives of living for ourselves to a life of submission to Jesus Christ for what he did for us on the cross. He died to save us. He died to save us from all our sins, but he calls us now to live a new life and to let the past go. Let your sins go. Let all of the bad things you used to do. Don't go back to those things. Separate from those things. And, and then God continues to, to separate us. And the callings in our life, in the service to him, in, in various manners. I think of Abraham uh, back in Genesis chapter 12 when he was called. It's, it's very... It's, it's very cool because it's like a make a clean separation is what he's calling Abraham to do in Genesis 12 verse 1. It says that God said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. You see God's calling them out, calling them to be separate because again, not all division is bad. There comes, you know, a time when God does that. We just have to seek the Lord for discernment as to why the divisions are happening. And they can happen for various reasons. It can happen for, for a calling on your life. It can happen out of protection. It can have, you know, protection from something bad where God will, will move you away for some reason. And, you know, you may know it, the reason why or you may not, but you realize later that it was to protect you spiritually. Also in Genesis, we have the story of Jacob and his brother Esau in Genesis 27, where God separated Jacob from his brother Esau because Esau had sworn to kill Jacob because Jacob had stolen, he said in his words, my birthright and, and the blessing from his father. So he said, as soon as the mourning period's over for our father, I'm going to kill Jacob. And so the Lord separated Jacob to save him from Esau. And so if you look through the Bible, there's separations happen for various reasons. And here in our story, the division is happening out of, out of punishment, right? It's a repercussion for them turning their hearts from the Lord. I also think of Abraham and, and his wife, Sarah, when he, uh, had a son from the bondwoman, Hagar, uh, Sarah noticed that uh, the bondwoman's son, Ishmael, was scoffing at uh, her and Abraham's son, Isaac. And in Genesis 21, she said to her husband, Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing to Abraham in his sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight, because of the lad or because of your bondwoman, whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. And there was a separation between Isaac and Jacob. Well, not Isaac, I mean Ishmael and uh, Ishmael and who? Isaac. Thank you. Wednesday night. The Lord himself said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 and 37, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, 
a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. And then the Lord goes on to say, and if you love mother or father, son or daughter, more than me, you're not worthy to enter the kingdom of God. So separation happens as believers for various reasons. And we must, we must seek the Lord as to when to separate, why to separate. Here in our story, you know, uh, King Rehoboam thought, you know what, I got to fight for this. I got to fight to keep my kingdom together. And a lot of times God would say to, to us, to the body of Christ, there are some things that you just got to let go and not fight. Just let it go. And so it's part of discerning. It's part of figuring out why, Lord, why do you, you know, that when I came to know the Lord, obviously, like I couldn't hang out with my old friends anymore because they were bad influences on me, right? And so, you know, that's one way of separation and division. It's like, you know, like who who is building you up in your life? And God showed me that these guys could in no way build me up, so I had to separate. And there are some people who won't do that for God, and they're just not ready or surrendered to God if they were not willing to do that. Whatever brings you down spiritually, you might want to question if God's not calling you to separate from that which is bringing you down spiritually, that relationship, that friend, that family member, whatever. He doesn't call us to be in bondage to something that'll hurt us spiritually. I think of what Paul said to the Corinthians concerning, you know, sexual immorality and, and the church was, was riddled with sin that, that was unchecked. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 18. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? And what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So again, in scripture, God calls us time and again, there are certain things we are, we are to separate ourselves from. Not all division is bad. Divide yourself from the things that are bringing you down spiritually. Hang around with those that bring you up, lift you up spiritually. And that's tough because some of us have family members that are just hard to deal with, but you know, if they're respectful of your faith, then then live in peace with them, you know. But if they're not, you may want to pray about what God is saying about that or friends, you know. It's all about, you know, we want to reach the lost. We want, you know, God is a God of restoration. Like, my family's not around. I pray the best for them. I want them to come to know the Lord. But there comes a time to fight, and there's a time to just let God be God. And you and I not fight. That's another discerning thing that you must and I must learn. Does God really want me to like force feed people, get them in a headlock and you will receive Jesus Christ, you know, eat this. And and again, we've gone through that. We've learned like, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. It's it's God who saves. And um, sometimes God will, will pull you back and just say, 
you know, let things go and let God take care of what only he can take care of. And to be able to trust God in that and to be able to say, God, if there's separation or division or something that, you know, churches, uh, denominations uh, divide over doctrinal issues. Also, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, and, you know, various denominations are dealing with the issue of gay marriage, all the gender craziness that's happening, and they're literally dividing over doctrinal issues, which is a beautiful thing to do. What you should divide over doctrinal issues if, if, if the most common no's in God's eyes are being violated. If the law is being violated, it's a good division. Not all division is bad. So just seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. I know it's hard to let things go. I know it is. You love, I love people, you love people. But just consider, Lord, is there anything in in my life that I'm wasting my time trying to force a circle into a square peg? And I've learned. In In my early days when I was younger in the Lord, Everything was like, you are the only Jesus that they're ever going to see, so you better save them. I mean, there's a trip that you can get in some churches, you know, like, you got to be the one. You got to be the one to say, if it's not you, then it's, and then you, you walk with God a little longer and you read how he told the disciples, look, you know, uh, whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them, Luke 9, verse 5. You read in other places, like in Matthew 7, 6, it says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. And then you're free of like, oh, okay, you just drop seeds, and another person will water that, and eventually, if it's God's will and it works out, they'll get saved. But sometimes God says, i got to get you out of the way in order to work with them. And he may want to punish them to bring them to Christ. You never know. Usually, hard living is probably more, a hard life is probably more, uh, more of a leading, good leading factor that brings a person to their knees before God and it's a real conversion. Hitting rock bottom, as they say. And some people need to hit uh, hit rock bottom. And, you know, we just let God do his thing. But he told Rehoboam, oh, your kingdom. I know you want to unite your kingdom. And you want to, you want it to be solid. You want to be together. But don't go and fight. You know. Jesus' brothers came around, came around afterwards, but at first they did not believe him. Jesus said that a prophet is not, um, is not honored, uh, amongst his family and his friends, you know. And so, um, they came around later. So, and we see some really cool things happen with Rehoboam being pulled back. And so, therefore, they obeyed the words of the Lord and turned back from attacking, uh, Jeroboam. So Rehoboam, verse uh, 5, dwelt in Jerusalem and built cities for 
defense in Judah. And he built Bethlehem, Edom, Tekoa, Bethzur, uh, Soko, Adulam, Gath, uh, Merasaseah, uh, Ziph, Adoraim, uh, Lakish, Ezekah, Zorah, Ajalon, and Hebron, which are in Judah, and Benjamin, fortified cities. And he fortified the strongholds and put captains in them, and stores of food, oil, and wine. Also in every city, he put shield spears and made them very strong, having Judah and Benjamin on his side. And so we see here that King Rehoboam, right? He was denied by God from being able to go to war. So what does he do with what is left for him? He's got two tribes that he, that he is kinging over, right? He's, it's Judah and Benjamin. And what he does is he gets these 15 cities that surround Jerusalem and he begins to fortify them. So he can't go fight what, what's, what's like second best. At least he can fortify all the cities around Judah. And so you got to hand it to King Rehoboam that he didn't like mope about not being able to go fight for his kingdom and just, he let it go and he's just going to fortify what God has given him to take care of. Make it strong. Fortify what the Lord has given him. And of course, there's wisdom for you and I concerning our lives and what God has given you and I to be responsible over. All of us are responsible for something. Think about it. I don't, I, I, I'm sure everyone here has their own room at home. You know, you have clothes, you have money, you have time, you have energy. You have something that you are in charge of keeping tidy and neat and, and, and well-kept, well-fortified, sort of say, both physically and spiritually. God has given all of us stuff to take care of, right? We may not be, we may not be going to some war to unite the kingdom, but at least he's left something for all of us to see what we will do with it. Rehoboam isn't just chilling. He isn't just moping around. He handles it. He, he fortifies these 15 cities. He makes his little space in the world strong for his kingdom. I wonder how many of us have some things to tidy up at home, at work, at church, spiritually. How many of us have things just cluttered or what's the term that they use today when people uh hoard <laughs> you know where things are just unkept cluttered messy dirty in the parable of the talents remember jesus said in matthew 25 he said, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. 
But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And you know the story. You know the parable that Jesus gave. He came back to, to you know, uh, to uh, settle accounts and find out what they had done. And those that went out and traded and made more talents, he said, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of, uh, of your Lord. But in Matthew 25, 24, and 26, he says, then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And this is what Jesus said to that. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You know, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not sown. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.